Blog Talk Radio. Mysteries on the BookSpeak Network, and it's brought to you with the podcast by Sunbury Press. I'm Sherry Knowlton. Uh, I write the Alexa Williams suspense series. The novels are Dead of Autumn, Dead of Summer, Dead of Spring, Dead of Winter, and Dead on the Delta. Hi, I'm Jody West. I write the Carlisle Crime Cases series, Dying for Vengeance, Courting Doubt and Darkness, Darkness at First Light, Have a Dime Fall, and Things Strangled, featuring homicide detectives Christopher Snow and Aaron McCoy, fact-based police procedural. Madam Bessie Jones, Her Life and Times, my historical nonfiction standalone, was released this past May. Well, on today's Milford House Mysteries podcast, we're going to talk about Halloween haunts and horrors in books and movies. Um, but first, Jody and I did want to acknowledge that COVID and its variants still remain a serious health issue. Um, and because of its threat and repercussions, um, we believe that readers are really using uh, ways to escape. We read mysteries, suspense, um, ironically even horror and dystopian novels uh, as a way to confront our fears of the state safe distance. So what better topic for Halloween week than to look at scary, thrilling traditions of movies, TV shows, and books on Halloween. And Halloween has an interesting history. The Halloween celebrations date back to the Gaelic custom to honor the harvest uh, in a festival called San Wayne. Uh, and then later, or also concurrently, called All Hallows' Eve. That day, the salts lit bonfires, and they chased ghosts away, believing that the boundaries had been blurred between the living and the dead. Um, and they also carved turnips and put candles in them uh, to ward away the evil spirits. But Americans started carving jack-o'-lanterns. They used pumpkins. Um, and then along came the third, and he Christianized the holiday by making All Saints Day November 1st. Trick-or-treating came later. And we're also acquainted with the Hispanic Day of the Dead, which dates back 3,000 years to the Aztecs. And they were, the purpose is to honor their dead by leaving mementos on their loved ones' graves. Yes, witches, vampires, werewolves, zombies, mummies, mixed with some more benign symbols, skeletons, jack-o'-lanterns, and scarecrows. All have intriguing histories that would merit a good evening read, but one example is that costume parties uh, have been popular in the United States since the 1920s. Let's turn to some famous examples. Okay. Well, of course, we're all familiar with the Halloween-themed suspense and horror films, uh, 
probably Halloween is the uh, most uh, telling example or the, the most prominent example. Um, that movie has 13 in the series, and they star Jamie Lee Curtis. I guess she's made a career battling a masked madman um, on a killing spree. Uh, and then there's lots of other movies that don't have Halloween in their title or aren't specifically Halloween-themed, but contain elements of horror or creatures that are typically associated with Halloween uh, and the, the Halloween traditions. Um, the, a lot of those movies uh, are aired again uh, around this time of year. Uh, and uh, there's also, as we're doing with this podcast, um, lots of book-related uh, book articles that uh, list the top ten scariest books or something along that line. Um, and those usually uh, appear in from mid to late October. Some of the examples of... of sort of classics, I guess we'll call them, uh, that many of which uh, hark back a couple hundred years. Um, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Um, I remember being scared as a kid by the Headless Horseman. Um, even <laughs> Frank's Baum's Wizard of Oz, which technically is not a Halloween story. Um, I think it actually used to air more like a, closer to Christmas time. But it does feature lots of scary little creatures, uh, including uh, one of the prominent ones, the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, you should probably, everybody who watched that as a, a kid or as an adult, will remember her cycling through the tornado and then ultimately melting uh, when doused with water. Um, some other classic horror movies, more strictly horror, are Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, did I say movies? So this is, these are books. Um, mm -hmm. Robert Louis Stevenson's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, Mary Shelley's most popular book, although she wrote others, is Frankenstein. Um, but the creatures that these novels and others unleashed into popular culture have only multiplied. I mean, just think about all of the zombies on TV uh, and in movies. Uh, the Walking Dead, uh, and I think it has a couple of offshoots, at least one. Um, the vampires featured in Anne Rice's very uh, popular uh, Lestat books um, about vampires um, were turned into movies, uh, at least one. Um, Stephanie Meyer's. Uh, popular young adult Twilight series, uh, which also features vampires, were very popular for a while. Uh, and we could go on with the more generic non-vampire or non-zombie things like Nightmare on Elm Street, American Horror Story. Um, th there's a lot. And, and I think the conclusion that we can reach is a lot of people like to be scared, of course, they like to do it in a safe situation, like on the couch, in front of the TV, or in front of the fireplace with your book. Yeah, you know what? I think these examples show just how popular Halloween is. Um, and then let's also give a nod to the children. Uh, Charles Schultz's The Great, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which has mm -hmm. become a popular tradition, you know? 
on TV. So it's on every year. And not to and a nod to Disney for prettifying the costumes with princes and princesses um, as, as part of the merchandising, you know, for their animated movies, um, which has removed the idea, you know, of, of Halloween as just being a stark horror of the undead to more pleasant connotations, uh, you know, that children can watch. You know, as for right. books, you know, I peruse at least uh, 30 uh, on Amazon and found few that I'm familiar with, actually. I'm familiar, more familiar with the older one that you mentioned, you know. Um, uh-huh. Unless they widen the net to include Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca, Arthur Miller's The Crucible, it's based on the Salem Witch Trials, and Diane Setterfield's The Thirteenth Tale are, in essence, witch and ghost stories. One of my favorites is The Lace Reader by Brunoni Barry who weaves a tale of modern weakened women. The first novel that I read that has an unreliable narrator, so it was surprising at the time. And, oh. and besides educating readers about white witches, who were also considered shaman, experts in healing herbs and potions, the setting, Salem, Massachusetts, conjures up mankind's long and shameful history, I think, of persecuting women. And there was one man, too. They feared, but protagonist Towner Sophia Whitney, she narrates a strange tale of secrets and lies, which lead to her discovery of what happened to her twin. But you know, the best example and my favorite uh, that I can think of is uh, Outlander. Books uh, by and Gabaldon, Mm -hmm. and and the Star Star series on TV too. Um, In the book and in the first five seasons in the, on the TV series, the author details all the dire straits and horrific punishments, uh, like trials for women uh, who were accused of witchcraft, like drowning and burning at the stake. I think it's shameful. Uh-huh. One of the main protagonists, Claire, she was a doctor in the 20th century during World War II, but then time traveled back, and she could cure maladies and ease pain and treat health conditions of her patients in the 18th century, which brought her accusation of being a witch, too. Yeah. Well, Did you think of others? Well, Halloween or other stor- horror stories, um, personally, I'm more drawn to the ones with an unseen menace. You know, we talked a little bit uh, mm-hmm. earlier about vampires and zombies and all of that, but um, I really think that books and movies that have a presence of some sort that haunts or harms, but one that we very rarely or maybe never actually see, those are the ones that I find really terrifying. Um, Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House um, mm-hmm. is a classic horror novel that's been made into movies, um, I think several versions of movies, some good, maybe some not so good, Um, and recently a TV series, uh, which I have to admit I have not watched the TV series. But um, the first movie was the one that, that really sticks in my mind. And it may have even been in black and white. But I remember sitting in the in our living room at home as a teenager and watching the unseen thing, um, whatever it was, uh, in the corridor of the dark house. And, of course, uh, 
you know, it's always a dark house. It's always this big old house, in this case, on a on a hill. Um, and the people are in one of the rooms, and they're trapped, and the door just goes boom, 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 and the door bends in. Um, and uh, I'm getting excited about it even today because that was, like, really, really scary. Uh, flat out terrifying, actually. Um, you know, there's other movies uh, where you sort of follow the same uh, same pattern. You see just flashes of something frightening or dangerous that menaces people, um, and almost always they're trapped somewhere where you can't, where they can't get away from that that menace. Um, in in Halloween terminology, maybe we'd call them ghosts or evil spirits. Um, but uh, that leads me to another classic, uh, which is Stephen King's The Shining. The family uh, of three trapped by winter in that huge empty hotel. Uh, the, the young boy has some psychic abilities that l- allow him glimpses of the hotel's past. Uh, there's strange sightings, there's frightening happenings, and a supernatural evil that just slowly drives the main character mad. I mean, who can forget Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the guy driven to madness by the Overlook Hotel? And when he says, here's Johnny. <laughs> yes, I was just trying to remember what his that line was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Stephen King's a master of horror genre. But so many other spooky or frightening books are out there, too, and evoke the spirit of Halloween. You know, looking online at bookstores, um, I noticed that Edgar Allan Poe's short stories and poems, especially The Black Cat and The Raven, lend themselves to to chills, thrills and chills. Um, and then um, on that list on Amazon, the, the one that sounded um, intriguing to me was the, cl- the Clown in the Cornfield, although I must admit I haven't read it. Uh, but it's interesting primarily because in, in my um, one of my books, I have a clown in a cornfield. Uh, well, actually, he's a scarecrow. Um, oh, yes, that's another right. Yeah. Example, yeah, yeah. Another example is Agatha Christie's Halloween Party, and that turns deadly. Stranger Things, there's a a newer entry. Um, They found another dimension, uh, as did an earlier generation with Warad Serling's The Twilight Zone, which was also in black and white, and uh, strange worlds and and weird and terrifying uh, uh, creatures, too. Another uh-huh. classic, Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca, is one of my favorites. And uh, it, like. she, ha- yeah, she haunts the Manderley estate and its occupants. And the second Mrs. De Winter is determined. She's, kind of, she's determined. She's going to unearth its secrets. Despite the housekeeper and Mrs. Danvers' best efforts to preserve Rebecca's memory and keep Mrs., the second Mrs. De Winter in the dark. Um, I suppose... I suppose you have another one to recommend, Sherry? Well, you know, along the lines of Rebecca, um, there's a more recent novel I read that does a a great job of capturing that spine-tingling, some spine-tingling moments in uh, what I call a big old house with secrets genre. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's 
Moretti's The Girls of Bracken Hill. It, it's not, like Rebecca, it's not strictly horror. It's I wouldn't call mm-hmm. Rebecca a horror, but it's more of a thriller. But I certainly got chills down my spine at several key moments. Um, and, uh, you know, I would recommend that. Another one um, of sort of like trapped in the in a house type books that's more recent is by Ruth Ware, and it's called In a Dark, Dark Wood, uh, when a group of friends uh, go away for a, a long weekend and get trapped in a house where strange things begin to happen. Lots of chills with that one, too. Um, you had mentioned... Uh, Edgar Allan Poe, and you know the what's it the, called? The Telltale Heart is one that I always oh, yeah. liked. Of him. Uh, that was really <laughs> scary with that beating heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, you know, going to the opposite end of the spectrum from a thriller like uh, Rebecca or The Girls of Bracken Hill um, is flat out terror, and. Um, you know, coming back, I, I know you said there's others other than Stephen King, uh, other horror masters other than King, but I can't um, ignore it. Um, we could probably actually do a whole podcast just on King's horror books, uh, let alone some of his other books. But it is a novel that I think single-handedly capitalized on many people's fears of clowns as children. You know, if you were never quite comfortable with clowns when you were a little kid, um, he really cinched it for you with it because he basically added evil clowns to the pantheon of Halloween monsters. I think Pennywise is the embodiment of evil. Um, You know, I read the book. Um, I did watch the first film version of it. But I have to admit that I've seen uh, clips of the the new, I think there's two of them, the new version of uh, it that were made for television. And just seeing clips of the new Pennywise <laughs> the Clown made me slightly faint, so I've never watched it. Oh, well, we have, and believe me, it is scary. Uh, <laughs> that's so, what I was afraid clown, of. Yeah. Yeah, it's very scary. Uh, which um, brings me back to one that I mentioned earlier, the Thirteenth Tale. Uh, it approaches horror in a, in a, in a unique way um, because a narrator uh, closes her book store to accept the job of writing a famous author's biography. And as the story unfolds, more questions arise about the author's siblings. Uh, but to say more would give the ending away. But now I just but it's a, I would recommend it. It's a very good scare, and it was a, um, a surprising twist at, at the end. And I'm not easily surprised. Um, <laughs> now I just finished <laughs> two Whispering Pines mysteries, one and two. Um, the, the main character returns to Salem to prepare her grandfather's home for sale, and finds a body in her backyard. She and her assistant ask questions and, and learn that a poison was involved. So she expects the local weekends. And one Wiccan store contained belladonna, mandrake, healing herbs, and other lethal portions or potions rather. Wiccans base their spirituality and and we could probably do a whole, you know, uh a podcast on, on Wiccans and 
the worship of nature and but their spirituality is is a worship of nature the goddess and a horn god and the rituals that center around uh the solar equinoxes and solstices they celebrate halloween and other holidays that focus more on spirituality it's it's a more akin to the native american holistic outlook um that everything's living, and it's polytheistic, but it's more spiritual than it is religious. Um, the story features we can practice both white and black magic. Um, and what, Sherry, what haunts or horrors stand out for you? Well, you know, we're, we're, just, we're just about out of time, but I'll, I'll mention uh, oh. two more. Um, mm-hmm. One is... Um, Wolfen, because um, it, it, we, we neglected, I think in this podcast, we've neglected um, werewolves, and, and we need to, to give them justice as well, because uh, they're scary <laughs> creatures. Um, and I, I, Wolfen was a book I read many, many years ago, but it was one that uh, I was reading it uh, alone in the house at night. My husband worked uh, worked nights then sometimes, and I think I had to stop reading it because it was it was too scary. Um, a, a, another more of a a funny yet scary. Uh, Werewolf uh, was a, a, the movie A Werewolf in London. Um, I think they they riffed off um, the song, uh, but but then they may have followed it up with a second a Werewolf in Paris. But um, they were they were pretty good um, and uh, scary and funny, which is a real sensation to be laughing and then you know within the next twenty seconds suddenly be slammed by by something really scary. Um, Mm -hmm. And and another thing that I might mention in terms of what haunts or horrors stand out is that there's also a whole genre of what, I guess what I would call it is space space creatures. And, you know, there's some Mm -hmm. that are, you know, like Godzilla and, and all of those, but, I think the one that is scariest to me um, is sort of a a different riff on the closed house mystery, like going back to the house, the haunting of Hill House, um, Mm -hmm. where an alien, the house is replaced by a spaceship. uh, And, you know, the, the creature... Uh, haunts them. Now the difference is that in the end you actually get to see the creature. There's that scene with um, oh the Sigourney Weaver the, who plays the. Oh, you talking about Alien? Alien, yes, okay. Alien, where yeah. she, uh, you know, she yes. turns her head to the left and then there's the uh, the alien mm-hmm. and she's about the last one left on the ship. So, uh, but that's a whole different genre. Um, yeah. I guess since we are starting to run out of time, um, I, I, I guess I'll start to wrap it up a little bit and, and mention that, that Jody and I today have focused primarily on the scary side of Halloween. Um, but um, as Jody mentioned a little bit earlier, I, I think 
we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, as the holiday has only grown in popularity over years, it's developed a, a much more lighthearted side. Um, you know, as Jody said, kids don costumes. You know, some of them are scary. Some of them are Halloween themed. Some of them are like you know you said Disney themed. So have nothing specifically to do with uh, horror, but they go trick or treating. Um, you can find cookbooks on making Halloween treats for parties. Um, you know, I, I think uh, we saw one on Amazon that would give you recipes for, for everything from spider cupcakes to ghost cookies. Um, I just bought my granddaughter, who's a little over two years old, uh, a book about friendly ghosts and pumpkins for Halloween. So, you know, Halloween can be charming, too. Um, and there's a whole host of spoofs that have been out there um, in the, I guess, 20th and 21st century, the Munsters, the Adams Family, the Dark, Sh Dark Shadows, the soap opera. And those even take the dark side of Halloween and flat out play it for laughs. Mm-hmm. And kind of Scream is kind of in that um, in that category too. I mean, they're oh yeah scary, but then it's funny too. And I think there were three of those. But yes, Halloween has come a long way from its pagan <laughs> origins. Today, almost anybody can find something they like in Halloween, um, from a terrifying book or movie to decorating a pumpkin and changing it into a jack-o'-lantern, you know, with the kids. We hope you all enjoyed today's program. Our next podcast will air on November the 18th, which is my grandson's birthday, at 2.30 p.m. We'll interview guest author Cindy Ryder. Please join us. Um, and as a reminder oh. Oh, to all you readers, our books are available Thanks. at Sunbury Press's online bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, all sorts of online retailers and bookstores. Um, we really want to thank you for uh, listening today to Milford House Mysteries. Um, and uh, you can also follow us on social media. Um, I'm on the web at www.sherrynolton.com. Plus, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I'm on Facebook.com slash Carlisle Crime Cases by J.M. West, where I post most of my books and venues, um, upcoming venues for uh, book sales. And I have four coming up in November. Um, my website is www.carlislecrimecases.com. And I wanted to thank everybody for joining us, too. And until next time. Please stay well and have a happy Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> no terror for you, we hope. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.